Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody. Jake, what are you not drinking this week? Uh, nice, delicious monster. I actually have one of those. Maybe I should just drink one of those with you. Yeah, I just, I, I drank Thursday. I drank yesterday. I got a drink tomorrow. Decided I had to take a little bit of the day off. Um, we were going to record this last night, but my kickball game went a little long. Didn't get home till about 1030 so uh, we decided to push that till today, so you get to see me drink energy drinks, which I also just consider like to be my life water. So Sounds about right. But as I kind of just implied right there, I had a really long day yesterday, played in a golf outing, and played um, kickball in a, our cup-in-hand kickball league that Kyle's gotten to experience before. I have, indeed. Our team this year is not as good as our team was when Kyle was there, That's but right. you know what? You live and you learn. I, I think I made Jess pay for the league instead of me, so free out of my pocket. But this week, um, I was in the drinking mood when I came up with this idea. Uh, Kyle, I sent it to you on Twitter. Uh, we are going to do a beer tier list. Uh, it's some of the most popular light beers that are out there. Um, I will go ahead and share my screen here. So we Take can... it we're doing it together then? Yes, we are doing this together. Because I feel like our opinion on light beers is not too different. There's a couple in there that I think might be a little uh, little interesting to have, but we will see very shortly here. So let me go ahead and share my screen. This looks terrible. All right, so let me just pull this over here. All right, we can see the tier list. So, Kyle, this is mostly, like I said, light beers. There are some non-light beers in here. Um, there's sure. also a never had category, which we will need to use because I already can tell a couple in here that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had, uh, do you see any off the rip that you've never had? I don't know that I've ever had Blue Moon's Honey Wheat. I could be wrong. I have. I like it. We'll, we'll get into that though. What is um, the orange Bud Light? Is uh, that Bud Light Orange? Yeah, Bud Light Orange. Gross. No, I've never had that. Um, have you ever had <laughs> Extra Gold Lager? No, I've never even seen that before in my life. Me neither. Um, have you ever had Genesee? That looks so familiar to me, but I feel like it's just a similar label to something else. But no, I don't think I have. I haven't had it either. I've heard bad things about it only. Um, the only other thing on here that I haven't had is, I think it's like Rainier, I think is the brand. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've had that. Yeah, I've never had that one. So. Yes, the rest of those, I have had all of them. We will start with the Honey Wheat, which Kyle just said <laughs> he has never had. I like it. I'm I, When I was starting out drinking, so right when I turned 21, um, I was a huge Blue Moon guy. As I've grown, I've kind of fallen out of favor with it, but I do like the Honey Wheat a lot. I would probably put it at the top of the C category, give us a nice base level one to start out with. So I'm going to do that because Kyle has no opinion there. I don't, and I'm posting on our Instagram. So There go we ahead. go. Um, how do we feel about regular Blue Moon, Kyle? Um, so Blue Moon was probably my long-standing favorite for maybe one or two years. Um, in my early 20s uh i don't know dude so i've always really liked blue moon i think if i went and had a blue moon today i'd be really happy with it still i just don't drink it anymore yeah for no particular reason mostly just because i drink ultra all the time yeah uh so i would still put blue moon probably in an a tier yeah but that's just my particular opinion i would have to agree and i think it also does have an unfair advantage of blue moon being like a nicer beer compared to a lot of this list so I think like by default, it, it was going to end up a little bit higher up for me as well. 
Yeah, it's um, a good beer. I probably would have put it in B over A, but I, I'm not I have no complaints about putting it in A with the rest of this list. Um, Bud Light Orange, you have mentioned that you've never had it. I definitely no. like it um, less than regular Bud Light. I think Bud Light Orange is too sweet for me. Um, that one's what does probably, it taste like? Is it supposed to be like a blue moon? Basically, it's you know obviously you're you're dealing with a a, a lager or I guess a pilsner. Is that what Bud is considered, or is there is it a lager? I can't remember. I'm gonna Google this now. Is Bud Light a? Pilsner? I feel like it's a. I want to say it's a lager. It's um, a great question. No, it's a pilsner. Okay. Okay. Unless uh, if this website lied to me, um, YouTube comments let me know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's you're dealing with the you know a pilsner as opposed to a um, a wheat beer. Uh, so the orange to me it just doesn't work as well as it does in like Blue Moon or even. You know, when you're looking at some of them, like, uh, what's it called? Um, what are the other ones? Like Shock Top or like any of the Shandies or anything like that. It just doesn't work as well for me. So, uh, moving on to Bud Light. Bud Light is probably my second favorite right now anyways of like the traditional light beers. Um, what would you say there, Kyle? I think Bud Light is fucking disgusting. I have, I think Bud Light was... Budweiser was the first beer I ever had. I know that for a fact. But I think Bud Light was the one I drank the most when I was younger. And I got sick of it very quickly. And I don't think that I will ever intentionally pick up a Bud Light again unless it's either the only option or, like, a landslide cheapest option. Yeah. So in my opinion, I put Bud Light of light beers probably in the D category. I would put it probably, like I said, I do like it. I, I would probably put it in the B category personally. But so I think we middle ground it on low C. Yeah, I, I would take that as a compromise. But I think you're gonna find too that when we start going through the rest of these, like if we're gonna truly distribute these across this scale, like Bud Light is shittier than most of these beers. Yes, but I also am gonna put a lot of these beers higher than you probably think. But Maybe um, so. for me, Bud Heavy is probably like when you compare like regular Coors, regular Bush, uh, like you know Miller High Life you know, any of the non-light beers in the, from the same companies, it's probably my favorite of like the heavy options of most of these companies. I don't know that I agree with that. I, I do, first of all, I haven't had a Bud Heavy in quite a long time. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I did. Uh, but I do think Bud Weiser is significantly better than Bud Light. Oh yeah. So I'd say at least it has to go to the B category for me. Yeah, B, B is where I would put it too. Okay. Um, I've got no qualms about that. Next cool. up is the old Bush Latte. What is the one next to it? Is that like Bush Heavy? Yeah, Bush Heavy. Okay, I can't really see that label at all. Yeah, so Bush Light, I would probably put it right next to Bud Light. They're basically the same beer to me. Ugh, it's never going to be my first choice, but I'll drink either of them. I probably I think I would, would prefer push... a Bush Light to a Bud Light this very second if I'm thinking yes. about it. The Bush Light's a little bit more refreshing, and I need a refreshment. More than as a, a midwesterner you're failing yourself to not put this at least a whole category higher than bud light i, don't like, think I would I put this i would i would personally put this above budweiser but you also got to think bush light is like currency in iowa so yeah, maybe that's so why you good. think that way like we used to buy bush light and then bring it to our friends out there because it was so much cheaper in illinois yeah, than it is yeah, in it iowa is. for whatever reason it's just hilarious to me because i remember growing up and like people would, when we first started drinking everyone was like oh bush light is just the piss water of bud light and like people would just say stupid shit like that all the time but bush light is literally so much better it is leagues ahead 
As I'm looking at this list more, I'm moving Bud Light down to top D, and you're going to be happy with that. I am happy with that. Yeah. And then I would be happy putting Bush Light in a C category if I had to. Bush Light was already in C. You mean D? It wasn't for me. Oh. <laughs> but yes, we could compromise there. Yeah. Uh, I think my Iowa folks are going to hate everything about that, and I don't disagree with them. I think Bush Light should be higher, but we have to have some sort of a middle ground there, so I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, Bush Heavy. I don't mind it. It's fine. I don't think I've had Bush Heavy more than once, so I don't have a particular opinion on Bush Heavy. I just like Bush Light, so I don't really care about Bush Heavy. I had a family friend who drank only Bush Heavy, and so I drank a lot of it with them, but it's still... I mean, it's better than all the Bud Lights. I'd probably put it below Bush Light, honestly. I think the Bush Light's better than Bush Heavy. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I would but, completely agree, so... Um, next is Coors Heavy. This is where I primarily disagree with you as far as the light heavy beers. I know that doesn't make any sense, but um, all of these beers are still light beers in my opinion, even though they're like heavier versions. Yeah. But I do think Coors Banquet is better than Bud Heavy. I It's been so long since I've had a Coors Banquet that I can't really make an argument one way or another, so I'll give that to you. If you would have been here during less covid times i would have taken you to um tough luck club in tucson where they have the special down there so you can get a shot of corn whiskey that is literally all it says on the label yeah and like a Mellow Coors corn. banquet for like six bucks or whatever the fuck the special is that's still and- not the best special that i've ever seen um i don't actually know where the place is but my buddy posted on his snapchat story him and his family go a lot over the summer I think it's by their lake house, but it's like a eight ounce sirloin and a six pack of bush heavy. And it's like eight bucks. Huh? I'm that's like, that's legit. a fucking steal and a half right there. The, yeah. The, the steak alone's at eight bucks. Like, yeah. The best deal that you can get downtown in Tucson is probably one of those. Cause since then, like several other bars have picked up that idea. There's like three or four places that do it and it's always Coors Banquets, which yeah. is hilarious. But I, I love Coors ne- Heavy. Next time we come out there, you're going to have to. Yeah, we'll go downtown next time you guys come through, for sure. Yeah, it'll be nice when it's less covid But yeah. um, next on the list is Coors Light for me. This may be my controversial opinion. Maybe it's because I drank a lot of it yesterday. But I like Coors Light a lot more than I remember liking it. I like Coors Light, too. Would you put it above Bush Light? Personally, no. But I'm sure that you would. Right now, I probably would. And low, High C or low B? It's harder for me because I don't agree with the placement of Bush Light. Because I would say if you had Bush Light as like a low C, I would easily put Coors Light as a high, or sorry, a low B. I would put Coors Light as a top C. But because we have Bush Light in the C category, it's makes it I, harder for me. I can I can understand that. And, and if I'm thinking about this from a cost perspective too, it's hard to beat a 30 rack of Bush Light for 12.99. Yeah. So I will, I will move Bush up just purely out of a cost perspective. Okay. It's so, it's the only one in here. Besides PBR and Natty, the Natter Days, that I can find in a 30 rack regularly. So yeah. just from a cost perspective, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. All right, um, so then I would put Coors Light in a high C. Yeah, okay, that's what we've got here. So uh, Corona Extra, what's your opinion on Coronas? I really like Corona. I really um, do too. I don't know that I'm particular about the difference between like a Coors or a Corona Extra and a Corona Light. I don't think that there's that much of a difference. Yeah, you could hand me any Corona, I'll drink it. But I think oh, yeah, Corona Extra is the only one on this list. There's no Corona it is, Light, yeah. so I just yeah. We'll just do Corona as a whole. I would put Corona up in S tier, honestly. 
Uh, I've never had a time where I didn't enjoy the Corona that I drank. I yeah. I mean, I I can't disagree with that statement, but I also don't think I could say that anything different about like Blue Moon, which makes me want to just put. I don't know. I have to look at this list again and just see if there's anything that I think could beat it in like an S tier fashion. And my general, you know, just looking over this is probably no. I've got uh, a so, few. I don't have a ton in here that I would say I'd put into S tier, but Corona is Corona's one of them. I will. Blue, Blue Moon for me, the reason I put Blue Moon below Corona is like you're saying, even the Corona heavy isn't that heavy. Where mm-hmm. So like I can drink a lot of them. If I have like two Blue Moons, I feel so full. And that's my, like, it's like, like my big knock on it. Yeah. It's just heavier. I'm fine with it. I don't see anything that I could say could definitively beat it on the remainder of this list. So I'm okay with that. Alrighty. Next up is hams. I really like hams. I do too. I've got, I it, I probably haven't had one since I turned 21, but I have. Uh, I think hams is worse than bushlight. I think it is debatably worse. Well, no, it's probably worse than Coors Light too. So I would right. probably put it somewhere in the low C category. I just really fucking don't like Bud Light. Uh, I think I would allow an argument to have hams even below Bud Light, but. I'll let you make that determination. It's been so long that I, I don't think I can, so I'm going to default to your your opinion here. If you want it below Bud Light, I'll put it below Bud Light. But you said you like hams and you hate Bud Light. I do hate Bud Light, but I know that I'm an, like a, an odd man out in that sense. Like I know a lot of people do like Bud Light. I just but, don't. So it's hard for me to put things below Bud Light. But hams, hams is probably a shittier beer than Bud Light. It probably is. I wish I could put them like just on top of each other. Yeah, but it's. Definitely... I would. I would pick up a hams before I pick up a Bud Light. You know what I'm gonna do here? I'm gonna make an executive decision, and we're gonna add a F tier <laughs> because I needed one more thing to work with here. God, why is this so hard? Uh, add a row above. Christ. This is embarrassing. F. We're going to make that <sighs> pink. All right. I'm moving Bud Light Orange to an F tier because it's trash. Bud Light is trash. Bud Light, I'm, I'm doing the Bud Light Orange. Bud, I, I don't think... I feel like if you drank a Bud Light right now, I don't think you'd hate it as much as you think you would. Like, if I just poured a Bud Light in a glass and handed it to you, I think you'd like it more than you realize. I would drink it. I'm not going to deny that. I just don't like Bud Light. It's never. I would personally never go to the store and buy a case of Bud Light ever. That's fair. All right, Keystone is next on the list. I like Keystone too. I do like Keystone. I, I do. You ever do like the? It's Keystone, right? That used to do like the orange can, where they'd like do a, it was like a prize if you could, if you got one of the orange cans. Yes. Yeah. So we yes. drank a lot of that growing up. Thank just to try and win free beer um sure but it's also i to me like the keystone natty light tier of beer it's so interchangeable i would prop i would put keystone below bud light personally this list, i mean this list is pretty difficult because so many of these are so similar yeah it's really just a you know a preference yeah in the like category it's going to be regional too a lot because I, oh, yeah, I, I think like you're saying the midwest drinks a lot more bush, bush light. lattes yeah, the South 100%. drinks a lot more Bud Light slash Miller Light, so... Yeah, East Coast is very Yingling-centric. Yep. 
Uh, Keystone to me is better than Hams. I would put Keystone in a higher D category than Hams. Works for me. Land Shark, have you ever had it? Have uh, indifferent to it. Yeah. I would I'd, never buy Land Shark either, but yeah, I, I was gonna say I'd put it in F tier. I'm <laughs> just because I'm never gonna buy it. I'm never. It's never gonna be sure. like my preferred beer. Okay, I'll buy I it. Would, I'd still I would, put it above Bud Light. Probably, yeah, it's but. it's still going. It's going above Bud Light Orange. So I'm giving you half. Okay. Um, next is Lining Kugels, um, specifically summer the Summer Shandy. shandy. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Summer Shandy had its one year in the sun. It's like the one hit wonder of Lining Kugel beers, and I think now I hate it. See, I grew up and everybody around me was drinking it. So when I like turned 21 and started drinking, actually. I, I always really liked it. I still really find them refreshing to this day. But it's again, it's just one that I'm never buying. I think my problem is is when I just like when you were younger and you used to drink those jug juices. You know what I'm talking about, where you pop the little tinfoil and drink Hugs. it. Hugs. And then you tr- yeah, and then you try to drink that shit in as adult, and it just tastes like pure chemicals. Well, yeah, because it's all it's it's artificially sweetened. It's zero sugar. That's how I feel about summer shandy now. Like I drank really? it when I was younger, and I was like, oh, this is so good. And then I drink it now, and it's like, holy fuck, this is artificial and tastes terrible. So I don't, I'm not a big fan. I would put this in one of the lower tiers, but I know you don't agree with that. So I'll, I'll kind of default to your opinion. I was going to put it at the, I was going to put it above Bush Light for sure. Personally. Oh God, no, no way. I will concede higher C category at best. You go top of C? Ahead yeah, of sure. Coors Light? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Lone Star. Uh, not a fan. L- I don't Lone- like it. I feel like I've only had a Lone Star one time. Yeah. And so I don't have a personal, like, very right. um, in-depth opinion on this one. It's going top of F tier because I'd okay. still drink it over Bud Light Orange. Okay. All right. I know this is your your beer of choice sure when it is. comes to the light beer category. So let's hear what you have to say about Mick Ultra. Sell me on it being higher. the very bottom of S tier all day long. I think Mick Ultra is the most drinkable, universal, always will pick it up light beers that you can get. I think it tastes better than all of the other generic light beers, and they have some sort of false advertising built in to make you think that it's lighter than the rest of them. So that makes you feel a little better about yourself. Yeah, isn't it the like skinny one cans? Ca- it's like one calorie less than Miller Light. It's something close to that. It's not very much less. It just they try to make it seem like it is significantly healthier for you than the rest of the light beers. But I, I truly believe in terms of just in general uh, taste that it is better. Uh, that being said, too, um, it's not on this list. And I, I got to even think of what it's called. I got to look it up. Hold on. But one of the other Michelob beers, um, not Ultra, but I don't, they don't call it like Mick Heavy. What the fuck is their other one? Is it the is it like Michelob Premier? No, I think it was in, like, a gold can, if I remember correctly, from back in the day. But I used to drink Michelob. Michelob gold can. Mick Ultra Pure Gold? No, it's not. No. Golden Light? What the fuck else does Michelob make? Somebody chime in in the comments. Help me out. I'm feeling dumb. Michelob beers. I'm just Googling. Uh... There was one that I used to drink a long time ago that I loved before I ever had an Ultra... I feel like they're really only known for Ultra now, so I might not even find this. Maybe I'm just crazy and it was not Michelob. I don't fucking know. Anyway, I've always liked Michelob products, even before I started drinking Michelob Ultra, and now I just happen to really like Michelob Ultra. I don't know if I can go S tier. Because there's one light beer that I would definitely put above it. 
that's okay. still on this list. Curious to hear what that is. I, it's Miller Lite. I would put. I would drink Miller oh, Lite over Michelob no. Ultra any day of the week. There's not a chance in shit that I would ever put Miller Lite in the S tier for beers. I like Miller Lite, but I would never call it an S tier because, and I'll sell it this way, I guess. But I think that the taste is so. It's unique among light beers, and you have to be in the mood for it. So it's not always, like, I'm not always in the yeah. mood for a Miller Lite, as opposed to some of these other ones where I could literally drink it every time I drank. I, I can't do that with Miller. I have to be in a specific mood for Miller. I think I can give you that, because there was a time in my life where the taste of a Miller Lite just was, like, repulsive. It was, like, a weird stretch of my life where I drank, I think I just drank too much of it. And yeah. then Bud Light, that's when, like, Bud Light took over for me. Um, I will give you Michelob in the S tier for now. Perfect. I, I might have to, to talk you out of it, but... Miller High Life is the quintessential, it's a beer to me. Like The funny thing about that is I would probably pick up a High Life before I'd pick up a light right now really? for Miller. Right now. I, I had I would. both of them on Thursday, and I definitely enjoyed the Miller Light more than I did the High Life. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree probably universally across the board that High Life is probably a worse beer. But right now, I think I would take High Life over light. But that's just right now. Would you take High Life over Bush Light? No. But I don't agree with you on the Miller Lite stance, so it doesn't matter. Like I, I I'd I think, be fine putting these two right next to each other at the bottom of E tier. Miller and Miller High Life? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. I've got no qualms about High doing Life that whatsoever. slightly below Miller. Okay. I eh, I'll keep High Life in front right now. Um Natty Ice. Natty Ice is dog shit. Yeah. Natty Ice is literally a terrible It's beer. yeah, bottom bottom of the barrel there. Natty Light, though. Natty Light. And the interesting thing about Natty Light is, did we take you to Culinary Dropout while you were here? No, because no. you said you guys have one back home. Anyway, yeah. so Culinary Dropout does the paper bag special. And in the paper bag special, you get a random light beer, a random canned light beer for $2. Uh, so I do it all the time. Every time I go there, I get, uh, I usually have one drink that I think is actually like good and I'll pay the money for, and then I'll get fucking paper bag specials for the rest of the time that I'm there. And I would say nine times out of ten, it has been a Natty Light. And I have enjoyed it every time. <laughs> so I was gonna say, I, I feel like every time I you, I see like Instagram or Snapchat stories while y'all are there, it's always you drinking a natty light out of a. Out I have of a lot of natty bag. light there. Out of a little, and it's funny too because it's like these mini paper bags. It's great. I like it. Um, I would put natty light above Keystone at the top of D category, as we currently have this city. I would agree. I right now I would definitely probably drink a natty light over a Bud Light. Um, 100%. This is my controversial opinion that I know you're going to hate, but Natterdays is an S-tier beer. Yes, I absolutely hate that. We are literally on polar opposite uh, ends of the spectrum here, mostly for the same justification that I had with Summer Shandy. I think when you start adding like a ton of sugar and like sweetness to a beer, it ruins it completely. Uh, nah, I think a, like citrus taste in a beer is okay, which is why I do like Blue Moon, and I think Summer Shandy's fine. I don't drink it anymore, but I think it's fine. But I think Natty Light, like or the Natter Day, based off of Natty Light, is just absolutely disgusting. I don't think I can put this any lower than A tier. I can drink Natty Light, Natter Days specifically until the day I die. If that was the only, if that was the only alcoholic drink, alcoholic drink that I could have for the rest of my days, I would be so fine with that. That sounds like I would have gut rot every time I drank for the rest of my life, and that sounds miserable. It's like this. It's the same amount of carbs as any of the other light beers. I don't beers care about carbs. It's just fucking sweet. It's a sweet light beer, which is gross. It's 
also light beers are sweet. That's it's like lemonade exist. beer. Yeah. It it's is disgusting. strawberry lemonade beer. It is delicious. Oh my god. I will let you throw it there and I will put a stamp of known protest in the category of A for Natterdays and just everybody know that. <laughs> you can't you put could, it at the top. Fuck I'm, you. I will not let you put it at the top. Damn it. No way. That's fine. Whatever. Old Milwaukee. Trash. Pretty trash. I think trash. it's better trash than Natty Ice. I would drink it still over everything else that's in. Like, I would still put it at the top of trash tier, but okay. it's still trash. PBR. I hate that PBR became, like, the brand of the hipster. Right. Because the first beer that my oldest brother ever bought me while I was still underage was PBR. And because of that, I got used to drinking PBRs. And I didn't even know what they were until he bought it for me. Uh, all I really knew at the time was, like, your standard Bud Light, Coors Light, uh, Bud Heavy kind of concept but yeah. then i got pbr for the first time and i have always liked pbr i love pbr always it is it i was the guy like going to parties like everybody would bring like bud light miller light i was the guy who would show up with a 30 rack of pbr and i'd be the only one drinking it and i'd be like fine by me see that was the interesting thing about when in iowa where i grew up they had like if you brought miller light nobody would touch it if you brought um pbr probably nobody would touch it early on really but if you brought anything else like coors light bush light bud light bud heavy coors banquet doesn't matter like it would disappear so i would always drink pbr miller uh, when i was younger i love pbr i i would put pbr probably in a tier yeah i'd let it take the bottom of the a as it currently sits especially from a cost perspective 30 rack 13.99 yeah for sure can't beat it for a non like light beer for like a full-bodied beer kind of tastes like weed a little bit but you just accept that as part of it next is rolling rock i haven't had it probably since i was underage and i didn't like it then and i probably don't like it now i disagree a little bit i think in the general looking at this list i would have a rolling rock before everything through f and d tier which makes me want to put this at the bottom of c or at the top of d i don't really care i'll do top of d because I think Natty, or sorry, uh, Rolling Rock is better than definitely everything in F, 100%. I would have to sip on a Keystone, Hams, Natty, and Rolling Rock side by side to make a final determination, but I well, think the, Rolling Rock is better than at least half of the beers in D tier. That is something that we have talked about potentially doing at some point, was doing like a yeah. light beer ranking live. Mm-hmm. So that's something, I think we're going to have to buy, not buy all of these, because I'm, we're not gonna, I'm not spending that much money. But I feel like we can do, we can do like quite a few of these and at least do a like a taste test and just see if that day if our rankings stay the same. I gotta see if I can find a place that does like mixed light cans. Like you can make sixers of light cans. <laughs> well, I know we can at um, like Jewel. So if you have like yeah. Albertsons or something near you, I think they might do it at Fry's. But they're very selective with the number of um, beers that are in their like uh, singles area. Yeah. It's like one little shelf. So yeah. I don't know that you'd be able to find enough of the light beers. Well, that being said, though, what we should do is just, like, power hour this. So, yeah. like, we rank them as we go, but we power hour, like, individual shots of each. So you're not drinking, like, an entire one of any oh, of yeah. these. I wouldn't be, dr- yeah, I wouldn't be drinking a full beer to do the rankings. There, there'd be sips. I'd finish the day. We'd have to play video games afterward because I'd have, like, yeah. 12 open beers in yes, front of me. exactly. But I, I am 100% down to do that. Let's that go. sounds like a, a great idea. It sounds like a horrible idea, but also a great idea. Um, and now, since I've lost weight, I don't 
I don't know if it was just me being heavier that had a thing to do with like my kidney stones, but it used to be like I could drink beer and I could like feel my kidneys like struggling. Like I could feel that a stone was coming on. And recently, like I've been able to do the podcast and drink, I've been able to like have a lot more. And I think just because my body's healthier overall, I just don't get kidney stones as much. Hmm. So that's good. I'm back to drinking beer again. Fuck it. Fuck my kidneys. Um, Fuck my kidneys. Uh, next thing on the list is Sam Adams. It looks like it's the Boston Lager, which so I think of the beers on this list, Sam Adams and Schinerbach are the two that shouldn't be here. Yeah, I would agree. They don't fit. I, the cat, they don't fit the. Yeah, I would rest most of the definitely list. take both of those beers into like the amber category and out of the light. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I. I think it's accurate to rank them with the same list, but because they're here, I will. Uh, and I think Sam Adams would probably go at the bottom of A, maybe top of B, given the ones that we have on the list. This is, again, probably controversial. I'd probably drink a Coors Banquet and a Budweiser over a Boston Lager. So would I. Personally, I like other Sam Adams beers I would drink better a than the Boston Lager. Sam Adams Boston Lager. So you want to put that behind? I would the put this light? at the bottom of B if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Maybe above High Life. I'd probably drink it before High Life. I probably w- I'll put it between High Life and Miller Light because yeah, I personally saying, yeah, wouldn't yeah. drink it before either of those, but I know you would. I so. would just just High Life. Um, how about Shinerbach? I love Shinerbach. I don't. I'm kind this of is like a staple. This is like my dad is, has the same like kidney problems that I have, so he would never drink beer. But for whatever reason, he could drink Shinerbach and never get kidney stones. So this was like always in my house. So I learned to really like Shinerbach. I like grew up on it. I love it. I will let you do what you want with it, other than S tier, because I think that it's. Good. I think top of B tier. Okay, I'll buy that. I don't, I don't pick it up and go buy it. Um, but if somebody has it. Like, somewhere out i would have one and i would enjoy it i just it's not one of my favorites yeah all right last up younglings yingling however you say yeah um i hate the hype on yingling i hate it i hang out with a lot of people that grew up around yingling and they think it's the hottest shit on the planet and i completely disagree I do think that it is more drinkable than other light beers, but because of the fact that it's so hyped up around the people that I know, it makes me hate it even more. Um, so I'm a little bit biased on the Yingling, but I do think that it is a good light beer. Uh, it's slightly different tasting than the rest of the light beers, so I think that adds some uniqueness to it that makes it um, okay. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like the oldest brewery, uh, or like one of the oldest breweries in America, definitely yeah, like yeah, the oldest on East right. Coast or some shit like that. Like it's it's got some history. It's kind of cool, but I just I don't, know. I don't know how much Yingling you've drank, but it doesn't I, blow my mind. Growing up, I didn't drink a lot of it just because you couldn't find it where we were. Um, so Same. It was, I couldn't either. I didn't have the first Yingling until I moved to Florida. Yeah, I didn't have. I had one probably a couple of years ago. Um, it finally started to like you know make more of a appearance in in our area. I would say it's it's fine. I'd put it above like Rolling Rock and Natty Light, but that's like I'd go like top of D tier. I don't think I'd like it enough to put it in C tier. So this is where like I do think I would have to escape my bias a little bit because I do think that it's better than some of the beers in the C tier as well. Like I would buy a case of Yingling before I would buy a case of Bush Heavy. I'd probably buy a case of Bush Heavy. And Coors Light. 
I think if you side by side, if we could get you, Ying, do you have Yingling that you can actually buy there? Yeah, I can buy it. I think when we do the taste test, you should definitely get Yingling. I don't know that I can actually. <laughs> I have to see if I can because if I can, I think you would see in a like side by side test that you like Yingling more than some of these other ones. Ryan commented back on Twitter and said that our rankings are blasphemy. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I think this is what I'm going to do. I'll default to you on Yinglings. I'm going to bump High Life down to the top of C because I think B is getting just too overgeneralized here. So I think we have to kick something out. I would knock High Life down. I would probably knock Boston Lager down one, two. And then I would put Yingling at the bottom of B. Okay. That's what I would do. I will default this. So I will save this one and post it. Um, and I'll, I'll go back through again later and I'll do my personal rankings and then we can have everybody vote on it. And then that way we have true reference points for each of us when we go back and do the, the uh, live episode of the actual tastings. Yeah, I, will, I can go around and rearrange this too and I'll send it to you when I've got mine. Awesome. All right, well. This is normally where we break up the awkward silence in between topics by giving ratings on beers, but since neither of us are drinking, I guess Jake can rate his monster. <laughs> 9.8 9.8 pieces there's maybe two energy drinks that i think taste better than the the white monster so 9.8 all right man um let's see i have my first topic ready as well and i can transition straight over to that and i want to do two things with this one topic because i have football fever i am going to talk about football big shocker <laughs> i want to know from the NFC and the AFC, who do you think is going to be a Super Bowl contender? Just one team per division. And then I want to know, individually, who do you think is going to win each of their um, specific divisions? All right, so let me pull up this here. I say division universally, and I feel like that's probably wrong. Sorry, conference? Conference, and then... Yeah. Yeah. So from the AFC... Um, so, like, who I think is going to be the I best know, team in the of AFC? Of the entire or? AFC, who do you think goes to the Super Bowl? I mean, the easy answer here is Kansas City. You know, they've probably got the most complete roster in football right now. But I'm going to yeah. make a little bit of a – I don't want to call it an out-there pick, but I'm going to say uh, the Titans. I really like what they did this offseason. I like the way they kind of reshaped the team. I like them giving Tannehill, you know, one of the more underrated quarterbacks in football, giving him another real passing threat, obviously, in Julio. Um, yeah. You know, I think they're gonna. That offense is gonna be a lot more dynamic this year. It's not gonna have to run through Henry as much, and their defense is fine. If if their defense plays up to what I think their ceiling is, I think they're the real contender in the division, just because of how good I think that offense can be without having to. You know, you know, if if the Chiefs lose Tyreek or if the Chiefs lose Kelsey, they're in trouble. Like, Miko Hardman has not shown that he's a great wide receiver to this point. Demarcus Robinson has not shown that he's a great wide receiver to this point. You know, the ba who's the backup? Noah Gray, a, a undrafted or almost undrafted tight end. Like, if Kelsey yeah. goes down, like you're gonna be you're gonna be in struggle city there. Um, I like I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire a lot more than most people do, but past him, like you just it's just it seems like a very top heavy team with Kansas City. Whereas I think I like the depth of Tennessee a little bit more. I think I. I don't disagree with you. I do think that I've seen a lot of really good news uh, coming out of um, the offseason for uh, Mikko Hardman. And I know that that's not exactly the first time we've heard good news about Mikko Hardman. Yeah, it's just... Um, especially after what we saw with him in the Super Bowl. So I think there's some disappointment there, but it sounds like Kansas City is confident in 
uh, Michael Hardman moving into the next year. So I don't know that I, um, I don't disagree with most of the things that you said other than that specific uh, target. I think it's going to be hopefully better for Kansas City this year. Um, but it's just like, I just don't see what's going to make, like, yeah, he's going to be occupying Sammy Watkins' role. Like, okay, he's going to have two big games all year, and then he's going to disappoint the rest of it. Like, yeah, I just I, the offense doesn't run through a wide receiver. Like, you don't need a wide receiver two in that offense. If Tyreek's not open, then Kelsey's open. If Kelsey's not open, you can just dump it off to Ceh and get a seven yard gain, or Mahomes will scramble for sure. it. Sure, I think like, the uh, I think you're right. You don't need it, but I think if uh, Hardman can step up this year. I think that's going to be very helpful for them in order to just have that one additional option that can get open on the on the the uh, words are hard, but anyway, they're going to have one more option to help uh, relieve some of that pressure from Kelsey and Hill. And so I think I'm not trying to argue that. Uh, I think the easy answer here is the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to. Uh, spend too much time trying to argue with you about the individual players on that team because I do agree with you that that's yeah I mean they're answer. they're the clear like they're the team to beat in the AFC it's there's no doubt about that but I think Tennessee that's why I picked them is they're the one team that I really can see beating it like Buffalo if Josh Allen and and Diggs are working well together that offense is it, it, it's hard to stop but their their running backs are, are limited they're just I don't think Zach Moss is good Singletary's fine but he's nothing special. The tight ends, you know, Dawson Knox isn't, you know, a world beater. Who else, I don't even know who else is on that roster at this point that plays tight end. Like, you know, you're just you're limited to a couple guys, again, super top-heavy. I don't think the defense plays up to the level that it did last year again. So I just see them, you know, I see them with a lot of holes, whereas I, I feel like Tennessee really improved their team this offseason, and they're going to they're gonna show that this year. Because you wanted to be a little different, I think that I want to give – well, uh, this is different than what you did, I guess, because I, I think, A, I agree that the Chiefs are the easy answer. And I think that the Chiefs probably will do very well, and I think the Chiefs are probably the best contender for the Super Bowl out of the conference. With that being said, I think the sleeper in the conference is the Los Angeles Chargers. Because, well, I agree. Yeah, if you're, if you're talking like a sleeper team, it's definitely yeah. them. I think they have a ton of talent on that team, and with all of the improvements they made to the defense uh, – in the draft this year and in the offseason, I think the Chargers are going to be a very, very good team and potentially a contender in the the struggle for them is that the fact that Kansas City is in the same division. So they're going to be competing head to head with a very, very, very good team uh, in order to try to win out. But I think that they are definitely a sleeper contender within the AFC. Well, and they were they were really hurt last year, too. Like you look at their yeah. injury report, like you know, you have some pretty decent names who missed some time. Like, yeah. you know, Brian Balaga missed some games. You have Chris Harris Jr. who missed some games. Melvin Ingram. You have Derwin James missed time again. You know, Drew Tranquil, Mike Pouncey. Like, you had a lot of guys who were hurt on that team. And like you're saying, you know, Eckler missed a lot of time too. Yep. So with Eckler fully back healthy, year two of Herbert, you know, you've got, you know, supposedly a, another Mike Williams breakout is supposedly yeah. going to be That's the same thing, thing as... Not the same, but similar to the same issue with, with Hardman from the Chiefs, right? Like, it's always the hype behind him going into the season. Yeah, and, and it's just never going to live happen. up to the hype. So, like, you're, I, I don't care how up, good guess, Mike Williams looks right now. He's not a better route runner than Keenan Allen. He's not going to get open more than Keenan Allen does. So, Keenan Allen's going to keep being the wide receiver one in that offense. Like, yeah. I'm so, like, I don't Justin care how good these guys look. has the ability to feed two receivers, I think. Yeah, but easily, also Eckler is one of those receivers he's going to feed. 
Yeah, true. Eckler's Eckler's ceiling is what Kamara is. Kamara, like the if Eckler stays healthy, he spent so much time injured last year that it's hard to give a good analysis of what Eckler's going to look like with Herbert. But we'll see. I mean, even I, I I guess you can say that, but also I think his most targeted game of his career. I think he had like seventeen targets in one game last year. Yeah, I think. Herbert is just very good at reading a defense and knowing when he has to dump the ball off. Like, he's not going to force it. He's good. Yeah, he had two games with – he had one game with 16 targets and one game with 11 targets. You know, down the stretch, his targets went down a little bit, but those that's just how the offense, like, needed to play in those few games. Like, I just – I am super high on Eckler. You know that. Most people know know that that who knows anything about my fantasy football opinions. Um, I just think, you know, he – He's done what he's done in this offense for three years now. You know, getting targets, getting, you know, a lion's share of the, the work. He's never going to be a 250 to some, you know, 250 rusher, but the man's going to pull 60 to 100 targets, and that puts you in running back one territory pretty much all the time. It's, yeah. you know, I saw a stat, it's like 66.6% of the time. So, like, literally two thirds of the time, if a running back gets 60 targets, he's likely to finish within the top 12 running backs in the game. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, and it's specifically for fantasy that's fantastic, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree that they're probably, you know, they're the sleeper in the AFC there. Um, I we, think that you are correct, too, that Tennessee is probably going to be one of the most competitive. Yeah. Um, so I think you're looking at a Kansas City-Tennessee coming out of the AFC. Or well, I mean, you just look at. Sleeper way to the victory. You just look at Tennessee on offense. you got to stop Derrick Henry. If yes. you can stop Derrick Henry – now you got to stop Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. Yep. Like, what other team can say that they have that level of running back and two wide receivers who are arguably within the top ten in the sport right now? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because uh, Brown's coming back from some surgery, uh, and it sounds like he still hasn't fully recovered, correct? He played last season on, like, two torn ACLs, supposedly. I'm not worried about him. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I'm just curious now because I've seen some of the uh, offseason reports showing that he still isn't, like, uh, really fully participating, and he's still kind of recovering some. I don't. I mean, he think arguably wasn't a hundred percent last year either. I mean, he was. He basically sat every Friday practice, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, he did like he was like questionable going into every single week, and just he played through it. Like he's just he's a, he's a freak, and I think that yeah. that gives him an advantage there. Where yeah, he he's the type of guy who doesn't need to be fully healthy. There's no denying that Tennessee went out and got Julio with the intention of this being their Super Bowl year. Oh, yeah, they're, they're full sending it for the Super for, Bowl. From a pure age standpoint, you're looking at probably not that many years left for Derrick Henry or for Julio. And so you have to maximize that talent for for what you can this year and try to get yourself a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you see what they did, too. Like, they added... They've added at the um, cornerback position. They've added a lot of you know cornerbacks. They've added a lot of linebackers. You know they've they've done a lot to really shore up that defense a little bit and just make it run a little bit better. They you yeah. know I just feel like they're comfortable in what they're doing. Like they're just their team feels like it's in a much better spot right now than it, it, it had been at previous points. So I like what they're doing a lot, and they're definitely you know a, a team that I'm pulling for um, from yeah. the AFC. If we look at the NFC. I think the team that is going to surprise the most people is the Washington football team. The additions that they made at the wide receiver position are legit. You know, Terry McLaurin doesn't have to do everything for that offense now. You get a second year of Antonio Gibson where they're, if you believe coach speak at all, they're giving him the reins to the running back position there. J.D. Yep. McKissick is not good at football, and he's not going to command 100 targets again. 
He's just not going to do it. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league. Their defensive line is one of the best in the league. Their defense as a whole is one of the more underrated teams, you know, underrated defensive yeah. teams in football. I think they had the like the second or third least points given up last year, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Like right. So that team didn't get worse any, any worse defensively and only improved offensively in a weak division that, you know, the Cowboys defense still hasn't improved. The Giants who it has. who knows? The the defense on the Cowboys hasn't improved to the point that they're not going to still be Dak's going to throw for 5000 plus yards this year cuz they're still going to be down in every game. They still have I a lot of holes and a lot of weaknesses. They do. But if, to say that they have not improved is a gross understatement because basically the addition of anybody in the draft oh, would have yeah, been a but fucking I'm not, improvement. I'm not if you improve from the worst to still the worst but just not as bad, that's not an improvement to me. Like they're not gonna be the worst. I think you are correct in saying that they are gonna play games from behind, but I don't think that that matters. I think Dallas is gonna come out and ball the fuck out if that can stay healthy, so we'll see. Um but I, I think they're of all the teams, you know, in the NFC, you know, you look at the NFC North, a lot of questions here, pretty much all around. You know, we saw a really yes. good offensive season out of the Vikings, but again, terrible defense, you know, really just did yeah. them no favors. For the Bears, does Field start? How long does Dalton start? Is, you know, do guys like um, Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney take second year jumps? Can Jalen Johnson handle being the cornerback one? Green Bay, is Aaron Rodgers still the Green Bay quarterback? We don't really know at this point. Nobody I think, still knows, which is scary I still, for them. I still think he plays. I don't see a world where he doesn't play, but also. It's Aaron Rodgers. He could, you know, quit the game right now, and he'll still go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. Um, you look at the NFC South. No Drew Brees for the Saints. Nobody knows who their quarterback is. Is it Taysom? Is it um, Jameis? Is it, you know, does their defense stay healthy? Does it, can Kamara keep staying healthy? You know, who's their wide receiver too? Past Michael Thomas. You know, a ton of I questions think it's probably there. undeniable that from the South, Tampa Bay is still going to come back and impress. Oh, they didn't lose I, yeah. anybody in the offseason. They still have fucking Tom Brady. Like, as long as Brady can still like have a heartbeat, like they're going to be yeah. fine. They, yeah, Tampa's going to come back and do well. Carolina, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people. I think Carolina's team is a lot better than yes. they're going I to I love Sam Darnold be being on the Panthers now. I really I do love too. I, I do think Darnold probably isn't as good as a lot of people are projecting his ceiling to be, but I think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. And I think he's better than anything that we saw out of him at the jet with the Jets. And if you think about it, he's still only like 23. He yeah, basically, yes. if you think about it, he just played three years of the hardest college football of his life. Like, yeah. he's barely older than Mac Jones. I think a contender out of the or out of the conference this year is going to be the Cardinals, though. I think the Cardinals are going to have another excellent season, and I think they're going to really step up. It's going to be DeAndre Hopkins' story with Kyler Murray on his feet, and it's going to be pretty incredible to watch them again i've loved them building this roster and especially now that i live out here i'm going to try to make it to a couple games if i can because it's going to be yeah. incredible watching those guys play this year yeah i think the cardinals can do a lot um i don't think the rams i, I mean i don't want to say the rams didn't improve because clearly matt stafford is an upgrade over jared goff i actually um, think it's going to be a lot of fun watching them play this year as well purely from that position change. oh yeah like Jared just Goff Stafford is so out of the Rams instead is going to be a, a fun to watch. Goff is like the most. Goff is like we just talked about with the beer list. Like there was a lot of them that we were like, "Yep, it's a beer." Like Jared yeah. Goff, you're like, "Yeah, he throws the ball. He's a quarterback." Like yeah. there's just nothing like exciting about him. Whereas Matt Stafford's, you know, withered away in Detroit for his entire career. Um, 
I know you don't believe in Cam Akers either, but I think Cam Akers being with Stafford is going to be an upgrade for Cam as well, and I think he's going to improve this season as well. It's, so it'll be fun to watch. It's not that I don't believe in Akers. I just don't put him on the pedestal that a lot of people do. That's like, fair. He, he has people are treating a, him like he's Derrick Henry 2.0 for some reason, and to me, he's just like he he's a running back. Like he's good enough to get the holes when they're there, but he's he's a decent enough pass catcher as we saw. You know, we've seen from him when he has gotten the opportunity and from what we saw with him in college. I just don't feel like he's a guy that the offense is really going to run through. Like, it's always been a pass-heavy offense. Even when Gurley was there, Gurley commanded 70, 80, 90 targets. Like, yeah, I just don't see him putting up the numbers to match his draft position, and I don't think he's as safe as a lot of people are acting like he is with a workhorse role. I don't disagree with you on anything. I think he's overhyped, and I think he's going to – be he's gonna for those that have the expectations that you're talking about they're going to be disappointed yeah i just happen to be i think from a fantasy perspective i think cam Akers is probably one of the most solid rb2s you can have going into this year yeah because uh, as soon as you get outside of the rb1s like the defined rb1s oh yeah it's a cluster i think cam Akers really stands out so uh, i don't know i'm i'm a believer in cam this season i just I am not putting him on the same pedestal that you're describing. Yeah, a lot of, and a lot of people are, and I get why they do it. Like, he's clearly a super talented back. I just don't see him being a game-changing player like some of the other running backs can be. And that's um, fair. And then Seattle is, who knows? It's, if, if Russ and DK and Tyler Lockett are cooking, that offense is going to do whatever it's, it wants. If Carson stays healthy, they're going to be completely fine on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense, even when they lose players, seems to always stay solid. Dude, that's the craziest thing about the Seattle Seahawks is I think they have just an incredible amount of talent on that team, and it doesn't turn seem, into anything. Yeah, they always seem to disappoint recently. Yeah, it's, it's and it's terrible for them because I think they there's a lot of people that are deserving of a ring on that team, uh, and it especially you know the receiver core and the quarterback that they have like they've been putting up just an immense amount of talent and like fantastic numbers for like what three four years now and it's just yeah it, they just it never comes to fruition for them. It's sad. Yeah, like Tyler they, Tyler Lockett gets better every year. DK DK is only going to keep getting better. Chris yeah, Carson has been insane. Chris Carson Carson's is what you were. De- Chris Carson to me is what you're just de- de- like describing in Cam Akers. Like he's the most, he's the safest running. Like he's going to play 14 games. Yeah. He's not going to play a full season, yeah. but you know, in those 14 games, he's got the potential to show out. He's good enough. That's kind of like my my thing, right? Is I and I think this is a good comparison. I think. Cam Akers though is the like the new and improved Chris Carson because I think Chris Carson yeah, is getting too old, right? Like he's aging out of the role and he's probably not going to be around for too much longer. Maybe a couple more seasons where he's yeah. really the starter. And so I think Cam Akers is going to kind of fill that role where you get a solid RB two that maybe after this year and the hype kind of dies away mm-hmm. from Cam Akers, it's someone that you can steal in like the later rounds of a fantasy draft, but they're still going to be a solid RB two. Yeah. So I I don't know. I th- I think that's a good comparison that you're making. So yeah. Um. But yeah, obviously Russ has a ring, so you know, good for him. But there, yep. there is a lot of people on that team who are who are definitely deserving. Like they, like we've said, they're super talented. They just, for whatever reason, keep disappointing. I mean, just from a pure record standpoint too. Like they put up, they put up a better record last year than Tampa did. They put up a better record than yeah. almost everybody except for what the, than Green Bay, and then they tied with the Saints. And yeah. so. I don't know. I so. Green Bay, could, I mean, it's the same kind of story for Green Bay, though, too. Like, they've had an incredible amount of talent with some great stretches, and they just, uh, it's not coming. Rodgers can't carry either. everybody. Like That's true. I don't, I that's one thing, Devontae too. Adams, like, yeah. I don't blame 
Rodgers for being as mad as he is. Like, that franchise has just blatantly disrespected him the entire time he's been the quarterback there. Yeah. They just refuse to support him, and, like, he makes things work, and they're like, no, we supported you. We got you insert wide receiver here. Like, yeah. here you yeah. go. Here's Randall Cobb. We got you insert like, ran- random wide receiver from, like, the fourth round of the draft or some yeah. fucking shitty offseason pickup. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, you want a, a wide receiver? Cool, we got you Devin Funches. Like... <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's sad for for him specifically. And I think the interesting thing is, you know, there's been, like, the stupid rumors of him going to the Broncos this offseason. And I, I think that would be an incredible place for him to go to if, watch if, him play for the next couple years, you know? If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, Denver is winning the Super Bowl. I will, I will say that with confidence right now. If that trade happens, they will win the Super Bowl. I don't know that I agree specifically with that statement. I do think that it makes Denver a contender for sure. They've got one of the best defense healthy anyways one of the best defensive rosters in football they've got one of the best route runners in football in jerry judy they've got a wide receiver coming back from injury who was showing a lot of promise in Cortland sutton they've got the most one of the most athletic tight ends in football who's shown a lot of success so far in noah fant they're running backs they've got you know javante williams coming up there there's so much talent on that roster that if the quarterback play was better yeah. they're going to win the super bowl i i I still don't know that I would say definitively like win, but I do. I 100% agree with you that the team Im- immediately takes a massive leap. Yeah. Uh, rank them one, two, three. The wide receivers on Denver right now. In terms of how I think that they will produce, or in terms of their talent. Um, production. Let's go production this year, with Drew Locke at the helm. And when you say three, you mean Noah Fant, or do you mean like their wide receiver three? Wide receiver three. Um, it's, I, I'm going to go Judy, Sutton, and then I think Tim Patrick probably outscores Hamler this year too. So I'd probably okay. put Tim Patrick at three. If not, if Hamler gets the slot role and handle and like plays it consistently, I'd probably put him above Patrick, but I don't think he'll get it and hold it. Um, yeah. Judy is too talented of a receiver to put up the numbers he did last year. Like, his numbers last year, if you look at it, for the level of quarterback play that he had, his numbers were fucking impressive. People were disappointing, disappointed in his drops. Probably. Like, people are afraid of his hands right now. And I could do an entire episode on drops. You know what it means when you drop the ball? It means that you got a lot of targets because you were open a lot. Like, so that's my point, though. Is that's where I was going with that same conversation. Is I think people are afraid of Judy from a drop standpoint, but they're not. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But I think you're not taking into account that their quarterback is absolutely terrible. Yeah, like like Drew Locke is terrible, and yeah. the ones where he's actually throwing good passes to Jerry Judy are the ones that he's catching. There are some, I'm sure, that are like easily caught passes that were dropped, but that goes for a lot of people. So I'm not scared of Jerry Judy. Yeah, no matter who's at the helm, I think Judy's going to be a talent. Um. And I think, honestly, like, I would try to pick him up if Drew Locke is going to be the starter because I think people are going to be less uh, enticed by the Jerry Judy play in fantasy. But I'd rather have, for fantasy production, I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater at the helm than Drew Locke. Agreed, completely. Um, at least for the wide receivers. Um, yeah, Drew Locke would probably be a better fantasy player, but I think just from helping the wide receivers out. When I look at when I look at Judy, like people talk about the drops and people talk about his catch rate not being great, his catchable target rate is basically in line with his catch rate and his true catch rate. Like they're all they're within a couple spots of each other ranking wise. Like his he did not get passes that were thrown to him that were catchable, and when he did, he pretty much caught them. Like yeah, yes, right, he had gonna... some drops, but I don't think the drops 
His drop rate was like top 20 in the league, so it's yeah. really not even that bad. I'm going to wrap this up just because we got to get to some of the other topics. And I want to do that by getting a definitive, this is who you think is going to the Super Bowl from each conference. So um, from each conference, um, if we do the, well, do them in order that ESPN does them. So I think the Bills probably win the AFC East again. I think the Ravens win the North, uh, but Cleveland puts up a really good fight. I think, I think the Titans win the South, but I think the Colts are going to be uh, one of the um, wild card teams as well. Kansas City is going to win the West. I have no doubts about that. Um, when we get to the NFC, uh, obviously I think Washington's going to win the East, but I do think the Cowboys probably put up a fight uh, and probably clinch one of the wild card spots. I would say the Bears win the North if Rodgers doesn't play and Fields does. If Rodgers plays and Fields plays, I still think Green Bay edges it out, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And if we actually let Andy Dalton start for a whole season, then I hope we get the wild card. Um, in the South, I think Tampa takes it. And in the West, I think I think this is probably going to be the more controversial opinion of from most people, but I think the Cardinals win the division this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think agree. the Cardinals in year three of this offense – you know, year three of Kyler, letting him really, you know, run wild. And as long as he stays healthy, I think they're going to win it. They're going to win that conference. I'll burn through mine really quick, and then I'll give my Super Bowl picks. NFC, uh, we'll start with just in reverse from what you just did. So NFC West, I agree with the Cardinals. I agree with Tampa in the South. I am going to go Dallas in the East because I'm a fanboy. And then this is my probably controversial one here. I think no matter what happens in this, I think Minnesota is going to take the North. I am impressed by their team. If their in defense the, stays healthy and improves, they, they've got a chance, I think. But In the AFC, I'm going to go Tennessee as well. I don't uh, I don't know. I'm just not as much of a believer in the Colts as some people. I think I it'll be interesting to watch them with Wentz this year. But I just I'm don't see any way they do worse than they did this year. Like, that's... Okay, but I also would say the same with Tennessee picking up Julio, so I'm going Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bills as well. Uh, I'm going to say Cleveland in the north, actually. Uh, I think this is the year, I'll say that because I think this is the year that Baltimore is going to try to see if um, Lamar can throw the ball and not just run it because uh, mm. they want to see if he's going to be their their guy uh, going forward. And if he's always going to run, he's never going to be able to withstand um, just physically and be their guy for the long term. So I think they're going to let him throw a little more this year. And I think because of that, Cleveland's going to take the division. The one re- The one thing that I think makes that less of an issue is find a time where Lamar took a big hit like, he is so inept at just avoiding big contact. That's the one yeah. reason I think I can see him lasting longer than a lot of rushing quarterbacks have. Like, a lot of rushing quarterbacks, they do break down, but that's because they are willing to engage in contact. Like, Lamar does such a good job at avoiding contact. He gets out of bounds when he needs to. He makes the plays when he needs to. He's got good enough movement, and he's just smart enough, I think. I do think they try and pass more this year, and I do think, as a result, they struggle a little bit early even though I think Lamar is a better passer than a lot of people give him credit for. And he's got better wide receivers now than he's ever had. But I can definitely see the argument of Cleveland coming in here and and surprising and taking that division. Year two in this offense is going to be scary. Baker has had very little consistency from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. Uh, And now he has that at least from year to year going into this season. Uh, Plus he's getting Odell back, which say what you will about Odell Beckham now with age, but he's an incredible player still and i think they have a lot of talent on that team especially with their running game so i think 
I think it's Cleveland here. But I also uh, think Cleveland. If if you ask me what team improved the most overall in the NFL that over this past offseason, it's Cleveland. Yeah, I think they're going to be incredible, and I really do hope for all of the Cleveland fans out there that they can finally get a Super Bowl because uh, it's a long time coming. Uh, uh, then obviously in the West, I'd say Kansas City as well. So if I had to be generic, I would say it's going to be a Tampa Kansas City Super Bowl again, but I don't want to be generic, so I'm gonna go with Kansas City Cardinals. I like it. I like it. Sweet. All right. So my topic number two. I'm not gonna lie. Didn't really want to talk about a whole lot of anything this week. Um, so. Not that I didn't want to talk about anything. I didn't have anything that really stood out. So I pulled this one more from my, just like, I think it'll be interesting to see what Kyle thinks about this kind of thing. Hmm. Um, So what is your opinion on the way that um, professional sports are kind of marketed in this country? Do you feel like a lot of leagues do a really good job? Or do you feel like there's definite room for improvement? And is that in every league or is it just some of them? What do you mean by marketed? Like, in what way? Like, the way that they market themselves to current generations, the way that they market their superstars, the way that they, you know, turn some, like turn a very average thing in a sport to being, like, what draws as much attention as it does. I think the NFL is far and above the best yeah. at marketing. I don't think there's – I think that would be tough to convince me otherwise. I'll say that. Uh, I think the NFL does an incredible job of blasting um, just from an advertising standpoint to the masses. Uh, whether you're a sports fan or specifically a football fan or not, I'm sure you could probably name some of the bigger players in the NFL just from the hype that goes around the sport as a whole. Uh, so I think the NFL, I think they're just unbeatable from a marketing standpoint in within the United States. That being said, I think probably the worst major sport um, so I, I'm, I'm going to, I guess I'll define it this way. I would say the top three, in my opinion, are basketball, baseball, football, mm-hmm. in terms of sports uh, in the United States. And in that respect, I think baseball does the absolute worst job. Yep. I don't even think they try. I think they're just like, we're America's pastime. People are going to keep coming to us, and they don't even try. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't tell you the last time I saw like an actual advertisement or any sort of marketing scheme for baseball. Yep. Uh, and so I think that you'd then throw the, um, the, uh, sorry, the NBA in the middle there, but the NBA, I think I'm a little biased too, just because I don't care about basketball. So I think, I think maybe if I, if I was less biased, I could maybe see an argument for, uh, basketball versus football from a pure marketing standpoint, because I think that the NBA does an incredible job as well, especially, uh, with their absolute superstars like LeBron, um, there, yeah, there's definitely an argument there for how well they market with that, uh, with, with their, I don't know, maybe top ten players yeah. within the entire NBA. But um, I don't know. I think, I think they do. Obviously, they're doing a good job because they're making fucking incredible amounts of money. Um, and the fan base, I would say, isn't really slipping for either of those sports. Right. And then the obvious outlier there is baseball, and baseball. I think that the fan base is probably um, has slipped for baseball. Yeah, I'm pretty much entirely in agreement with you. I think the NBA doesn't do a ton of marketing of their superstars because their superstars market themselves so well. That's true. I think that's one thing where I think basketball really has that distinct advantage of it being a sport where 
one guy can literally change the game where I think other sports are too dependent on a combination of things. Whereas like in basketball, you can have a guy like Wilt Chamberlain back in the day, you can go out and score a hundred points and that's more than most teams score. Like, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think just in that sport, you know, there's so many collabs with, you know, uh, you know, there's Kobe's or, you know, you can say, I got a pair of Kobe's and people know you're talking about shoes or I got LeBron's, I got, you know, um, Jordan's, Jordan's like, yeah. like they're just so well marketed themselves that they that the league doesn't have to do as much but i think what the league does still is is they do well i would say baseball is i would say that hockey markets itself better than baseball i would say that fucking professional golf markets itself better than baseball like baseball is so terrible when it comes to marketing and then like the players start to market themselves and people get mad at that or like the league doesn't take advantage of it and then the like when the league does try and market itself too, they've made they've left such a bad taste in so many people's mouth that like you have people who are mad that the MLB is marketing the one game that they have going on at the time. They're like that was a basic play. Why is this part of a highlight? Like it's literally the only game that's going on at 11:30 on a Tuesday. Like calm down there, <laughs> Skippy. Um but there's so it's sad many too because I love baseball, I really yeah. do. But it's because I had family that got me into baseball. It's not like I had like marketing pressures yeah. that made me get roped into the sport, you know, or anything like that. It was literally I just had family that was baseball friend or baseball fans, and then they made me a baseball fan. Yeah, like the only time I see anything, any baseball advertising, if you're watching um, like TBS or any of the Turner stations, like occasionally, like that you'll get a Braves note, like a Braves advertisement. Just because yeah. they, they, you know, are so closely affiliated. It's there. really only if you're, um, what the fuck's it called? ESPN, whatever the, dedic- what's the Cardinals one? Or, like, it's probably Geographic, but there's, like, a dedicated ESPN. I don't even, I think it's Fox. Fox Midwest, right? Yeah. Fox Midwest is yeah, the one so like where Fo- you're going to find tons and tons of fucking uh, Yeah, and then NBC, too. NBC is kind of, they have, you know, a lot of partnerships, like NBC Sports and whatnot. But it's, like, if you're not watching that, like, you don't get exposure to these sports and there's so many superstars in baseball right now that just aren't being like mike trout is literally the best baseball player that i have ever seen touch a field besides maybe you know otani right now the incredible thing too is that it's there's no advertisement i feel like marketing i I won't i'm not a marketer so i won't say that it's gotten easier but i will say that they're at like the methods of marketing have increased exponentially over yeah, time there's it's so not much like you're fucking you putting now. an ad on a newspaper anymore exactly. right like you could just post something on twitter or facebook or whatever and i think because of that baseball has really been the slowest to adapt to change and uh, i completely agree with you like i see more things about professional hockey than i do yeah. about baseball and i don't give a fuck about hockey either yeah and so uh there's definitely something to be said i don't care about golf i see tons of shit about golf yep like an absolute metric shit ton of golf uh shit and then they uh, they do a good job, I think, even in golf, of like showcasing some of their personalities, yes. like the like the big personalities in golf, and making them relatable. Um, so I don't know. I, I I agree with what you were saying from a standpoint of the NBA and how they market themselves, and that helps. And then you could make a counterpoint to that too with like uh, with the NFL of how fantasy sports have done such an incredible yep. job of marketing football in general. Uh, like even for me, right? Like I've always been just a Dallas fan. And I never really cared to watch anything but Dallas football games until I started playing fantasy. And now yeah. I watch every five fucking NFL games at the same time. Like I yeah. love football a lot more because of the interaction that fantasy gave me. 
Um, and I think that there is probably some sort of hype there too and like help and assistance with fantasy baseball because I know like you and like, but I think that's the thing with fantasy baseball, like it's such a niche market in terms of how many people yeah. are actually playing that. It's Who like the super fans of baseball yeah. that are playing fantasy baseball because they know the players and they actually care and invest their time, but it's not because they have, you know, any sort of a, um, additional motivation. It's just literally like, hey, I am I am already a massive baseball fan, so yeah. I'm going to play fantasy baseball exactly. as opposed to I am playing fantasy football, which is making me a bigger fantasy, or NFL yeah. fan. Or like we made like my whole office play. We're like, even if you don't, Yep. watch football like we'll just play fantasy right football together I'm and guess what football. everybody in my office lo- like watches football now and has favorite teams if they didn't before yeah. and like it's just it's such baseball is i don't want to say it's a boring sport but it's such a it's slow there yeah there's a lot of gaps between like the exciting moments that you have to be better at marketing marketing yourself to stay relevant and that's where they're royally screwing themselves right now is the coolest thing we've gotten out of baseball marketing in the past 10 years is that they do now it's like a it's a camera it's like a fork i want to say it's like 4k or 8k that's positioned right by the dugouts and they try and isolate the sound of the at bat as much as you can so like you can really hear the crack of the bat when there's a home run and they like follow the batter on the jog around like that's the coolest thing we've gotten in the last 10 years that's like the same like football has been doing this shit for decades yeah and we've just gotten it over the past literally 10 years is generous it's honestly been like five like I said, I think the sport as a whole has just lived off the we are America's pastime. People are going to come to games. It's yeah. baseball season. People are coming for a long time, and they just haven't really tried to expand the sport. The interesting thing, too, is that uh, I think maybe like if you talk just pure like outside of the United States and just worldwide, I think soccer is probably the best. Oh, yeah. Um, that's another sport that I just truly don't care that much about. Same, but, but I think they, they do a phenomenal job. Like. Yeah. I, I even I I have not watched a soccer game in like ten years. I know yeah. every superstar in soccer. I don't think I've ever watched a soccer game in my entire life, and I could name at least a few of them. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question or your topic very specifically, but I think if you had to rank them, like in terms of who's doing the best in terms of marketing, uh, I'd say probably NFL. Whatever you want to say with soccer, if you want to incorporate more worldly or just in the United States, even in the United States, they do a pretty good job. And then probably NBA followed by like your hockeys golfs and everything else and then baseball somewhere near the bottom yeah i i just like to talk about it just because i'm so like disheartened by what happened like what happens with major league baseball it's such there's more talent in the sport right now than there has ever been and it's just being wasted in my opinion yeah this kind of goes hand in hand with what uh, our previous conversation of if a major sport is going to go away in our lifetime what's it going to be and yeah it shouldn't be baseball but maybe it is because yeah. of the, the terrible job they're doing with marketing, for example. Which is, it's just so weird how, like, ba- like baseball's on a decline while sports like hockey and golf are on an incline. Both of those sports are inherently more expensive to play and more expensive to watch, honestly, than baseball is. Like, baseball, I don't have to go to a Cubs game and spend $50 to get into the door and $10 a beer and, you know, mm-hmm. buy all this shit. Like, you can go to independent league games. You can go to minor league games. Like, there's... Just Dude, honestly, aspect. even in the even in the MLB though, you can go to a game for like fucking fifteen dollars if yeah. you want to sit out in some kind of Bre- seats. Brewers games. I just got an email because I bought tickets to a Brewers game not that long ago. Every Monday, it's six bucks. There was there are terrace like high like fourth mm-hmm. row seats, which are honestly some of the best seats in the stadium, for six bucks to yeah. get into the door. 
the yeah. concessions are are a little expensive inside, but it's it's a professional sporting event. I know what I'm doing, like expecting when I walk in there. But it's six bucks to get into the door. Even at Cubs games, if you wait until like the first innings over, you can find a scalper on the side of the road. It'll give you just take the tickets off of his hands and get inside the stadium for ten bucks. Dude, as a Cardinals fan, I would probably have season tickets if I lived close to the stadium. Yeah, like I wouldn't even care how great the seats are. I just would want to go to every game. Yeah. I'm but thinking about buying ticket person. like season tickets to our our independent uh, independently team here in Joliet, just because yeah. it's cost effective and it's a good. It's like, what do you want to do tonight? Well, we got tickets to the game. Let's go. Like yeah. it just gives us something to do and it's not expensive. And I still get to yeah. watch a sport that I love. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I've ever lived close to like a minor league or, you know, independent league stadium, I have always gone to games. Yeah, I like to go to baseball. It's but. it's cheap and it's it's a good time. So, it's just disheartening to see the way that a sport is wasting. The most talented generation it's ever had. It's kind of yeah, what I agree. brings it to the forefront for me. All right, man. Um, so that's all I've probably got to talk from a marketing standpoint for the professional sports, unless you have something else you want to hit on for the topic. No, man. It's just market your superstars better, MLB. Like, let the let players have fun. Honestly, just let players have fun and don't like glorify situations where players like uh, people get mad at players for having fun like encourage the shit let this let guys be the superstars that they are just let let it be just let it be a thing and the, the if you let the players market the sport you don't have to you're already not doing it but let the players actually do it and you'll see a resurgence i'm just saying so i will say that uh i had a different topic in mind but because of the theme that we're on um, and I think you'll probably have a more of an opinion on this than I do, but I'm happy to hear your uh, thoughts on this. Uh, and then I'll kind of give my spiel as well. But what do you think now? Uh, we're a little late to the news here, but about college athletes finally being able to market themselves. Thank the fucking Lord. I was so happy when that finally went through because it's the NCAA has been a billion-dollar corporation from nothing that they've done. The schools market themselves. The players market themselves. The players have always marketed themselves. Like every, even when they can't market themselves, everybody knows who the best players in the country are. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hard to figure it out. The NCAA does. They give them a platform of yes, we will sanction your sport. That's all that they do, and they should not be making anywhere near the money that they've been making on these players. When I'm seeing players who are out there, like there's guys who are already in line to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, weeks after this got announced. Oh yeah, dude. I think one of my one of the coolest things that I've seen just immediately is I follow Barstool on pretty much everything, and I would say almost every single day Barstool is announcing another twenty yeah. athletes that they've signed. Yeah, it's incredible. What, they've even said, "What does being a Barstool athlete mean?" They don't know, but yeah. it's, it gives these players an opportunity to get their name out and do something more. Like even even if these people don't go professional in their sport, they are now an asset to any corporation that brings them on. They can be used as a marketing tool past that. So even just that gives them better job opportunities later on. If I'm between myself, if I was a hiring manager and I was between myself for a role, like just a guy who used to play baseball but wasn't ever famous, never marketed himself, versus I can pick this guy who just did a national ad campaign for this organization. He's not good enough to play pro baseball. I'm gonna hire that guy and I'm gonna put him in every fucking commercial that I have for the next two years. And I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna generate a lot of revenue off of that. 
I think I will say that my opinion on this has changed drastically over time because when I was still in college, I think I was probably one of the most jaded people about college athletics, mm-hmm. uh, specifically football, because I went to a school where if you were a college football player, you essentially got your degree without any amount of effort or money. Yeah. That was the way that it was, and I'm sure maybe it still is, but I think I put the onus on the wrong indiv- individuals or entity because I think... At the time, it bothered me because I would like literally sit next to college football players who would literally download like test answers from somebody on their phone and just fill out like tests in ten minutes and then walk out the door. And teachers would see them doing this and then just be like, "All right, whatever, I don't give a fuck." And so, like, college athletes were just given a free pass, yeah. and that drove me absolutely incredibly insane as somebody that had to like work really hard to get through college. And so that bothered me. But the problem is now, and I see, I've seen kind of like a you know, a bird's eye view rather than such a narrow biased approach to this is that colleges as a whole, like I disagree with the way that we do education in this country. And I think we are allowing these, like a college itself is a corporation, dude. Yeah. It is a, it is a facility that is just sucking in fucking money and massively profiting off of not only the students, but your student athletes. And I think everybody in the current way that we do education or secondary education, post-secondary education in this country is, um, is being exploited relatively equal. Well, I shouldn't say relatively equally, but everybody's being exploited is my point. Mm-hmm. Like for me right now, I'm getting, I'm trying to get a master's degree. And I find that especially from an online standpoint, like the amount of effort given by the university to instruct me is very little. I think it's literally, they're just collecting the dollars and going, all right, cool. We'll give you a piece of paper later. Like it, yeah. the university doesn't give a fuck if they're going to give you a piece of paper later. Like, cool here's a fucking printout piece of paper bro i don't give a shit you just gave me yeah. x number of dollars like good for me i'm gonna well, go yeah, pay it's some like, fucking i have to pay 300 dollars to graduate i'm not yeah, going dude, to i'm not disgusting. walking i'm not going to my graduation like but pure like I, I say all of that to say that i am less bothered now i think now that i'm not really exposed to the direct impact of kind of like the hey free pass through college kind of mm-hmm. a thing and i understand just how gross it is that the colleges were profiting off the names of these people and not really giving them very much. Cause if you look at it, the only thing that they really got was sure they get their, like they get to graduate if they stick all the way through school uh, with probably minimal effort, if we're being honest, but uh, like tuition is the only thing that they're essentially getting usually. And that's only yeah. for the scholarship athletes. It's not for the ones that are out there playing their ass off, putting in all the extra hours and literally like it's like, it's a full-time job to be an yeah. athlete a lot of the time and you're not getting paid. Taylor so, Lalonde just said it on Bustin' with the Boys. He's like, it's harder to be a college athlete than it is to be a professional athlete. He's like, my day-to-day oh, yeah. is infinitely easier now that I'm in the NFL than it was any when I was in Michigan. I think there was almost a direct quote. Who'd you say? Taylor Lalonde. Oh, I was going to say, okay, I couldn't remember who you, which name you said. Because I was going to say Najee Harris said almost the exact same thing. Yeah. He's like, I have free time. Yeah, exactly. He's he was like, what like, do I do with myself? He was like, when I was in college, uh, what Taylor said, he was like, I was in college. He's like, I wake up, I go to, I lift, I go to class after I've already been awake for two hours. I do my class throughout the day. Then I go to tutoring. Then I eat. Then I go to practice again because I did weights in the morning. Now I have actual practice. Now I'm done. I have to eat. I have to do any other homework that I haven't finished yet. And I've got to go to bed. He's like, I'm going nonstop from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day. Mm-hmm. He's like, and now I'm in the NFL. I'm out of the building by 1130. Yeah. He's like, my day's over and I can do, he's like, I can go hang out with my wife and kids. He's like, I can do a podcast. Like, he's like, it's just, it's crazy. And the thing that people don't realize is 
NCAA athletes still have to file for FAFSA. They have to do the free application for federal student aid. And even a full tuition scholarship is only covering things that FAFSA isn't covering. So if you're coming from a low-income family already, FAFSA and the scholarship that you're getting from the NCAA is maybe covering, it obviously depends on the school, but it's a fraction. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not covering the full education. And if you're awarded a merit scholarship from that university as well, if, you're, if you were a good student in high school, that's 30 to 80% at some schools of your tuition being taken care of upon that. Like the NCAA is not giving these students as much as people want to make it seem. I will say the university also picks up some of that bill too, typically from what mm -hmm. I've seen. Like the NCAA will pay, but so will the university. Yeah. So I think a lot of the times they, they sure they're not getting as much from the NCAA as you might think, but they are getting additional um, help a lot oh, yeah. of the times. But that doesn't mean covering somebody's tuition is not enough to live, right? And so like I know, like thinking back, I lived with a college athlete just for a summer while I was uh, kind of like in transition between different houses that I was living in with friends and that dude like did not have enough money all the time just to like think about food because he yeah. was like so busy like he couldn't even really pick up a job sometimes in the summer he would work just to try to like save up some money just to kind of supplement his uh his needs during the school year but yeah it, it was shitty dude it's and it's kind of like a conversation we've had before with like you know the baseball players that are waiting to go to the majors and like they're not making money and it makes it yeah. very difficult because they're working hard but well it's like mean, you it's, see to that point, like you see these guys who finally get the opportunity, like I'll use baseball players as an example. Like you look at guys who are in the minors forever and then you look at them after like their first year in the majors when they have money now, almost every single one of them just looks like they're in such better shape because they can actually eat good nutritious food as opposed to like the spread after the game is pizza and McDonald's. Like yeah. just being able to like get healthier and um, like, to like wrap it all up like just there's so many people who are just athletics ends up being their whole life that they don't like you're saying get the chance to make enough money to make ends meet and they can't do yep. it during the season because like we already said their days are 18 hours long to like, make a long story short for me too like i'm much more sympathetic to the college athlete cause now than i was when i was younger and in, in in school and everything like that and i think i think they do deserve to get paid they do just get deserve to get compensated for their time and also fuck the institutions that control everything for them, honestly, until they make it to the pros. Like I don't, like the NCAA can eat a dick and so can most colleges in terms of the way that they've taken advantage of these people over time. Like I think it's, I've opened my eyes to that concept and I feel the frustration for those guys and I'm happy they finally got to get rewarded and can now uh, get paid out for, for all of the work that they're putting in to be what they are. Yeah. it's. Long story short, they are still human beings, and the fact that they couldn't do anything without NCAA approval before was terrible. And now that they have the freedom, they are taking advantage of that, and a lot of people are going to live a lot better lives because of this ruling. Yeah, I'm happy for them, man. Because of the NIL rules. So, good for college athletes. That's a good way to wrap it up. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Two Average Husbands. Make sure you check us out on all of our socials. Uh, Linktree will be in the bio, as always. Um, make sure you, you know, Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, check out our Facebook, give us a like there, check us out on YouTube, subscribe, thumbs up the video, all that fun shit. And Kyle, you take it away. Jake hit everything that I wanted to hit on with one, the exception of one thing, which is we are trying to figure out what scheduling looks like for the rest of the summer since Jake is busy and I'm busy. So obviously Thursdays aren't as consistent for us and Jake's got a lot of shit going on on Thursday, Friday. So we're trying to figure out what day is going to work for best for us and we will keep you guys updated as soon as we know. 
because it's probably not going to be Saturdays either. So yeah. uh, we'll figure out what day's going to work best, and we'll get you guys all updated until we get back into um, the fall season and can go back to regular on Thursdays. Kickball is only, I think, a six-week season, so maybe Fridays become an option quicker than we uh, than otherwise they are. But sure, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get everybody a, up to date. We'll sure. get we'll get you an episode a week. We just don't necessarily know yeah. what day that's going to be. Sure. So thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Peace.